I want to talk to you about hearing God's voice. Um, this is part one. Next week, God willing, we'll uh, share a few thoughts in a, in a part two. How do I know when God's speaking to me? I've had people tell me quite a lot. God doesn't speak to me. God doesn't, God never speaks to me. Or I don't know when God is speaking to me. Let me give you a couple of principles that will help you overcome those fears and those areas in your thought life where you feel that way and that's been your experience. I'm not telling you that that that's not real for you. I'm just telling you that that's an experience that you can break through. Say breakthrough. Breakthrough. So here's the big idea. It is God's nature to want intimacy with us. It is his very nature. God is always talking to you. God is always speaking. He's always sharing. He's always verbalizing his intimacy. Now, you don't have to speak words to be intimate. We know that as human beings. And being with God doesn't require words. But that's just it. God's very nature is to want intimacy. Sometimes that's expressed in words. Sometimes that's expressed in a feeling. Sometimes that's just expressed by being aware. Aware of his love. Aware of his closeness. But God is always speaking. Always sharing. Always I love this idea of perichoresis, divine dance. You are not trying to reach God or get God to speak to you. You are in a circular dance that never ends with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And they're always speaking, they're always sharing, always loving you perfectly because they desire intimacy with you. Watch this, John's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 4. He goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Verse 27, my sheep hear my voice. Notice, if you are a follower of Christ, you know his voice. I want you to say that out loud. Go ahead. Don't ever say again, I can't hear God's voice. Even when you feel like you're not hearing it, say, I know God's voice. And I know he wants to be intimate with me. It's his very nature. Verse 27, my sheep hear my voice. Now that's interesting. How does God speak to us? Now that's actually next week. I'm going to give you three different ways. 
three primary ways in which God speaks to us. But very few people have ever heard God audibly. I have not. But God speaks to me every day, and I hear Him. And the primary way in which that's going to process and you're going to become aware of his intimacy and his thoughts is through your thought life. So we want to get rid of everything that's competing in our thought life with his voice so when he's speaking we discern it, we're aware of it, we hear it clearly. Psalm 17 and verse 6, I am praying to you because I know you will answer, O God. Now, watch this. Bend down and listen as I pray. Look at that. God so loves us that he humbles himself. He takes a posture of bending down to, have you ever had to bend over or bend down or get on a knee to get closer to somebody's lips, closer to somebody's face and mouth, to listen, to hear them? Even if you're having trouble, I can't sit. Even if you're having, <laughs> even if you're having a problem, expressing yourself to God. And you just feel like, well, I don't know what to say. Watch this. God is going to bend down. He's going to get on one knee, if necessary, to get closer to hear even your little whispers. Even, even that part of you that, that's sort of like a, a, a child. You're, you're speaking, but it's intelligible, but it's intimacy to God, and he loves it. And he can interpret your babbling because he knows your heart. God lowers him. God bends. God lowers himself, humbles himself to get close enough. Now, understand that this is a picture of an attitude, not the reality of his proximity because we are in God. God is in us. We are in Christ. We are in that divine circle, perichoresis. We are in a divine dance, a circular reality with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We never have to go somewhere to reach God or get him to come to us. He never leaves you, even when you're in your darkest hour, even when you're in the middle of, of junk and you feel like you're distant from God. God hasn't left. You're not outside of God. You're right. It's in your thoughts. You're, you've, Paul said it this way. He used this word, alienated in their thoughts. You are never away from God. You are never distant from God. God is never over there while I'm over here. Are you hearing me tonight? God is never over there while I am here. That is not the gospel. That is not our redemption and our salvation. That is religion. That is another message. That is the I have to do it myself religion. 
that Paul says we were delivered from. I am in Christ. I am immediately and right now and always all day long in his presence. And he is all day long speaking and communicating and being intimate with me. So much so, here's the attitude, that even when I'm having trouble voicing it and it's soft and I'm not sure of myself, he bends down to listen. Look at it, Jeff is that up? He bends down and listens as, I was always taught I needed to focus on listening to God. How about this? God goes to extra effort to listen to you. He's listening to you right now. You say, well, I'm not talking. He's still listening. He heard that little thing you said. When Nina said, all of you right now, just take a couple minutes and communicate with God. I hope you did that. I did that. Here's what came up out of my spirit. Listen to this. God, I know I'm complete in Christ, but you are not done. God, I know I'm complete in Christ, but you are not done with me, with us as a church, with Genesis, with this vision, with where he wants to take us. Say it. He's not done. We must, so here's a second principle. The first is, it's God's nature to want intimacy with us. Number two, we must place value on hearing his voice. Do you know we make room for the things in our life that we value? Did you know we make room for the things in our life that we value? I forgive you. <laughs> he said, I'm sorry. I heard that. I have good hearing. <laughs> I don't have time for God. You don't value intimacy. I don't have time to read my Bible. You don't value reading scripture. I don't have time for my spouse. You're not valuing your spouse as much as you could. I don't have time for this or for that. You might have competing values. Not necessarily wrong, just competing ones. And you've got to ferret that out. You've got to decide what values are really at the top of the list where you should spend your time. Because you will spend your time with the things you value. Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. My child, listen to what I say. And treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. 
Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Listen to these adjectives, these word pictures that tune your ears. Treasure my commands. Cry out for insight. Search for them. They're like hidden treasures. Could we all right now, just some expression, however you need to do it, put a hand on your heart, lift a hand in the air. Would you just do something physical right now? Maybe close your eyes. Do this. Lord, give me insight. Say it. Lord, give me insight. Lord, give me understanding. God, I am hungry for your commands. Wow. Wow. Not even 60 seconds. And you just spent a, a moment of intimacy doing what the scripture says is, is key in listening and hearing. Cry out for it. Tune in. Treasure, search, value it. Put some value on it. Carl Lentz said this, Proximity creates passion. Distance creates distortion. Whatever you're close to, you will be passionate about. Whatever you're far from, you will not care about. I've always found that interesting when people give excuses for why they couldn't this or that. It's a matter of value. Proximity creates power. Well, I just don't feel, I'm just not passionate. I just don't, you know, I just don't care about that anymore. Now, it's possible that the Lord is leading you away from or out of, and he's bringing divine change. But often, it's an issue of what you value and proximity that's at heart an issue for the lack of passion that you have. We value his voice by making an appointment to hear his voice. You say, my calendar's full. It's not that full. Because, see, you spent 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes getting here tonight. What did you do with that time? Well, I was listening to some tunes, man. I was listening to some tunes. Great. But out of those tunes that you were listening to, five minutes. Five minutes. You could have maybe turned the tunes down and just said, Oh, Jesus, you're incredible. Give me wisdom. Jesus, give me understanding of what you're doing, how you're leading me, where you're going with my family, my finances, my our church, our vision. See, it doesn't take a lot. A 
I love when I see a fascination, uh, an excited hunger for the things of God in people. And I know this. After serving the Lord, I received Christ when I was 10. Didn't have any kind of discipling. Didn't know how to walk with the Lord. Fell away from the Lord. Returned and gave my life to Christ when I was 14. And from that year, I have been walking with Christ. And I'm here to tell you, that I am still fascinated by who he is. I still am hungry to hear and to read my Bible. I love talking to the Lord. Call it prayer. Worship, it's, it's our highest calling. It, it is the reason we were created to worship. I, I love to worship. I am still fascinated by Christ. And I'm 61. I think this is an attitude. I, I don't think I'm special. I don't think God has graced me with something that he hasn't given you. I don't think I'm abnormal. Well, no. Some of you might feel like I am, think I am. I don't think I'm special or abnormal or called or any of that that would make this reality I walk in something different than the reality every person can experience in Christ when we shift our attitude to the place of proximity. I am going to seek I am going to hunger. I am going to tune in. I am going to approach and have proximity. And he's not over there. He's right here. It's an awareness. It's an adjustment of my thought. It's, it, it's something I do. Paul, Paul said it this way. Take your thoughts captive. Say that right now. as a declaration of faith over your week coming up. I, say it, I will take my thoughts captive to a greater awareness that God is constantly, intimately speaking to me. Here's two keys for listening, real quick. Two keys for listening. Number one, stillness. Pastor Jeff, you're not being very still. <laughs> Just about everything you've talked about seems to be up and Adam and I gotta do and I gotta well okay listen listen stillness stillness is the first key John chapter 15 Jesus used a word and he said this if you abide in me and I abide in you ask whatever you will and it will be done for you now that's powerful prayer that's powerful listening. If you abide in me and I abide in you, ask what you will. He used the word abide. Now, the word abide has two different meanings. One, that you would most associate with it, to stay, to remain, stick it out. But in the original languages in which this was written, watch this. 
It means proximity. You see how important the divine dance is? Do you see how important it is to correct our attitude and not think of God as over there or that with my life I have to please God to get him to come and speak to me, share his thoughts with me. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. No, he's, he's right now. I am immediately in his presence all day. I am immediately now with him. And in that special abiding, I can be still. Show him this, Jeff. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. You can be married sitting in the same room and not have or experience proximity. If you've been married very long, you know what I'm talking about. Proximity is an attitude. Proximity is an an awareness that I give myself to. It's not a geographical location. Are you getting that? Okay. Psalm 62, verses 1 and 5. For God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. For God alone my soul waits in silence and quietly submits to him. It, it, it's not so much about the activity and that you've got to go somewhere, drive somewhere, be somewhere, be in a certain service, be under a certain teaching, be all of this stuff we attach to it. It's about stopping and realizing that at every moment that I want to, I am immediately now in his presence. I am immediately now aware that I'm in perichoresis with the Father. And that in that place, most often, at least in my world and reality of walking with Christ, you know what it's really about? I need to deal with my thoughts and command them to be quiet. Now, sometimes that means turning off the radio. Sometimes that means driving somewhere where I'm, I'm out of the natural elements that compete for my attention so that I can, quote, get alone with God. How many of you know what I'm talking about? But some of the greatest moments of hearing God and having him speak to me, some of my most powerful, potent, transformational messages that people have given me feedback on, positive feedback on, came when none of those things geographically were true. I wasn't in a special place. It wasn't especially quiet. There were lots competing. For, but I, I, lis I was listening. I was aware of God's intimacy. I was aware of my proximity with him. And I, I, I stopped myself in the middle of every... And I, oh, that's you. Oh, that's you. This happened with Nina over the past several days 
prior to the conference that she just returned from and was a speaker at. And we were at dinner sharing prior to her going to that conference and talking about her message and, and, and some of the things that were going on. And she was relaying the thought of it and the idea of it and so forth and how God had given it to her. And she said, uh, you know, she characterized it as it wasn't, she wasn't on her knees. She wasn't praying, oh God, give me a message for these, these women. It came to her. And she was almost apologizing for the manner in which that, and I said, no, I, I, I for one, am really, really keen on receiving things from the Lord that way, especially right now with my schedule. I have to be just listening to, and I said, I have no doubt God gave you that. And then as we continued to share at our, our dinner, the Lord spoke to me and said, hey, offer this, suggest this. And I shared it with her, and she said, that, that, yes, that's it. We'll do that. And she tied me into the message and to the conference. And we were just out at a restaurant talking and sharing but we were immediately aware she was immediately aware that God had spoken to her over those days given her a thought I forget she might have been in the I don't remember where, where you were in the shower she was in the shower does God speak to you in the shower of all places number two Two keys for listening. Number one, stillness. Wait silently. And wait doesn't mean like time out geographically. Waiting is something you do when you command your thoughts. Shut up. <laughs> listen. Listen. I do this at night. When I wake up in the middle of the night, you know, how many of you ever wake up in the middle of the night and you can't get back to sleep, right? And, and, and so... You go watch TV, or you start working on something, or you lay there. You lay there for a half hour, hour goes by, and you lay there. What, next time that happens to you, watch it. See if I'm not right. I bet you that the thing that you are doing in that half hour, hour that just sort of goes by, you cannot get back to sleep. You are thinking. You are using your mind. You don't have to try to do it your mind is just you know the way the mind works and it's one of three things or a mix of them people plans or problems, problems. people plans or problems so here's what I've been doing I'll lay back down and I'll start commanding my thoughts and I'll start saying no people no pe and somebody will be in my mind, no people, I just shut them down. No people, that thought goes. I, I stop thinking about you. <laughs> I stop thinking about you, and that goes. Somebody else will pop in my eye, nope, nope, no people. And I just clear my mind of people. Then I move on, plans. 
I'm constantly thinking. I'm constantly planning. I'm co if it's not you, it's the church, it's the finances, it's bingo, it, it's my IT work that I'm doing with, with Genesis Group. It's, it's constant. I, I'm, 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 I'm planning. I'm thinking about tomorrow. I'm thinking about some need. And I just shut that down. I say, nope, no plan. Another plan will slip in. Nope, no plan. And then it happens with problems. I sit there, I'll lay there for a half hour. You've done this and try to solve a problem. I'll think through the pros, I'll think through the cons, I'll think through what I'm going to say about this to that person. I just shut it down. I say, no, no, no plans, no problems, no people. And pretty soon my mind is empty and pretty soon I awake. It's six o'clock, I look at the, I fell asleep. I fell asleep, I didn't even realize I fell asleep. Try it next time. But in our stillness, there is a way to command your thoughts to weed out the stuff and listen to the one who is always speaking to you because he loves intimacy. Number two, identity. Identity. Hearing God's voice will forever be elusive for you as long as you live according to the law and maintain a sin consciousness. Psalm chapter 40 and verse 6. You take no delight in sacrifices or offerings. Now that you have made me listen, I finally understand. You don't require burnt offerings or sin offerings. God is not the one that set that whole thing up. That was never his purpose, never his intention, that man would relate back to him through a priesthood, through sin offerings, through appeasements, through feeling they're distant and unworthy, and now we have to prove ourselves to God. That was never God's plan. And he says, look, your offerings your attempts to do it yourself, your attempts to be right with me, your attempts, you go down through the list, the moral list, you say, God, I've done this, I've done that, I, I missed it here, I missed it there. Uh, that doesn't impress me. I am not looking for your burnt offerings. I'm not looking, here's the message translation of that verse. Doing something for you, bringing something to you, that's not what you're after. Being religious, acting pious, that's not what you're asking for. You've opened my ears so I can listen. God is always talking. He is always desiring intimacy with us. And it's in that perichoresis, divine dance of awareness that he speaks. And we hear if we will clear out the thoughts and be still. And then we have to deal with that religious battering. You are not worthy. You are not good enough. You're not hearing God because of something you did last week. You're not listening to the Lord or you can't hear him speak because of the way you treated somebody. Uh, I mean, it is just endless what happens with that sin consciousness. God says, deal with it. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 9 from the mirror translation. Also, by saying, I am commissioned to fulfill your will, he announces the final closure 
of the first in order to introduce the second. Grace replaces the law. Innocence supersedes sin consciousness. Would you say that last part? Read it aloud. Grace replaces the law. Innocence supersedes sin consciousness. The next time you are being bombarded with thoughts of unworthiness, thoughts of sin, thoughts of you're not good enough, right away, here's what you do. Just respond. I'm innocent. The next time that you are aware of a failure, let it come out your mouth. I'm innocent. <laughs> I'm innocent. I'm innocent. I'm innocent. Hallelujah. Grace supersedes. Hallelujah. Francois de Troyes tweeted recently, and I quote, the gospel is not about what we must do to connect with God. It is about what God has done to connect with us. Emmanuel means God is connected with the human race. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have no desire to be without you. Elohim is online all the time. Isn't that good? Let's stand.